you you get a little higher and you can actually see like 10 more levels you couldn't even see before and you realize oh my god there's so much more to do and so much more to achieve hey everybody this is bobby walker with the journey of a new entrepreneur podcast and i want to ask you one thing are you doing what you want to do in life are you pursuing what you want in life why not don't be a bitch Be the captain of your own ship. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy. What is going on, everybody? It is Bobby Walker here, joined with Joshua Jersey Cronin. Not from Jersey, though. He's, he's not from Jersey. He's just Joshua Jersey Cronin. Uh, he's back on the show. He's been here before. I've been on his a couple times now. He's been on mine a couple of times. And um, I don't want to, like, steal their phrase. I won't put this in the title of the podcast. But we're going to kind of shoot the poo today. You know? and, Ooh, and, uh, I like it. Yeah. So, Josh, he, he does a couple of live streams every uh, two a week, I think, right? In the uh I do, do four, four a week and oh uh, the nation for the fifth day. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he does four live streams plus a recording. Uh, and he does those in the uh, pro window cleaning group. So that's going to be fun. But anyway, we got Josh back on the show. So Josh, I'm glad to have you. If you don't mind, sit there and look pretty just for a second. Uh, I've got some housekeeping to do. First off, I just want to say thanks again for all the support. The podcast has just continued to grow and grow and grow. And, um, it's just awesome, man. I started this thing just as a bucket list item. And I was like, if, if my mom and I listen to it, that's enough listeners for me. And, um, we just keep getting more subscribers and more, more listeners. So just from the bottom of my heart, thank you to everyone out there that sports the show listens to it. I really, really appreciate it. If you get good value from this thing, whether it's entertainment or, or good business tips or whatever inspiration, go on iTunes, give me a, uh, give me a review. And if you don't, if you think the show sucks, Go on iTunes and give me a review. Just don't be a bitch and give me like a three star. Either give me a five star or give me a one. Have some conviction behind this thing. But uh, I'm cool with those. But if you give me a two through a four, you're dead to me. All right. I don't want a two or three or a four. But uh, anyway, I appreciate it, guys. It's, it's just been been an awesome, awesome ride. And it's already been bigger than I ever would have dreamed. Um, also want to give a big thank you to responsive bid. They've sponsored this show. They've helped me do some things like buy this microphone that makes the audio a little better. And, and uh, I got some lighting so you can see my beautiful Florida sunburnt head. But as Josh and I were just talking, well, for those of you watching the video, and if you're listening to the audio, I just want you to close your eyes for a second and just imagine the sexiest bald head you've ever seen. And that's what the guys watching video get to see right now. So it's, it's pretty cool. And, uh, but responsibility has been awesome. Big part of the show. I love Kurt and David and the whole team over there. And guys, you know what responsibility is. It is the best selling tool for the service industry. And, uh, if you guys want to check it out, you can get a free trial. You also get a free month of service if you use the journey of a new entrepreneur link. So you can go to J N E bid.com and you get a free month of service. You get a free trial and guys, Now's the time. Your season is about to take off. You're going to have more leads coming in, more quotes than, than you're going to be doing all year. Now's the time to put all of those things in that responsive bid funnel. Let it handle all the follow-up. Let it close deals for you. Let it close more services, higher ticket prices with less effort. It's awesome. Go to jnebid.com 
that's J-N-E, like Journey of a New Entrepreneur, bid, B-I-D, dot com. So, Jersey, Jersey from not Jersey, how the hell are you, man? I'm great, I'm great. <laughs> we were just talking about heads before, and how you do, you have like a perfectly, like you were born to be bald, like that's, yeah. that's just what it was. Well, I, I was born bald, as a matter of fact. Uh, it, Ooh, yeah. nice. I was born bald, and um, I don't have anything else funny. I was trying there, to be there funny was a, with There that. was a time when, yeah. you, when you had hair, you tried it out. It wasn't for you. You went well, back to being bald. You know what? That's actually true. So, so here's the thing. I've had a few nicknames growing up. Okay. Now, my current nickname tends to be Stone Cold. You know, that's what people, you know, hey, Stone Cold. Because from the chin up, I look like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Chin down, I look more like. Ernest P. Worrell, if you remember that guy from way back when. Not, not, I'm not big and muscly like him, but, uh, but I do look like the guy. Like I, I get that a lot. But when I, uh, not too long ago, a few years back in the corporate world, my nickname was Bull, and that, you know, like, like strong like Bull, you know. But uh, <laughs> that came from when I was at the tail end of my high school career, and uh, I got the Bull nickname because, yes, I kind of look like Stone Cold, but if you could imagine me thinner and skinnier, and if you've ever seen the show Night Court, I look a little <laughs> bit like Bull from Night Court. Oh, man, you, did, you, you didn't explain that one. There yeah. it should be just Bull. Like, oh, this guy's going to be strong. Yeah. yeah, so Bull sounds like a really cool nickname until you know why. That is like, oh, well, that sucked, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and then um, my nickname prior to that, let me tell you why this one was my nickname, <clears throat> and then, then I'll share it with you. Because of the hair thing, that's what that's what got me on this is the hair thing. I um, I had these cowlicks all over, but especially right here, like up on the front on the forehead, and then right on the top of my head. And they weren't like the good kind, you know. Some people have one and it's perfect and it's got a nice little like you know yeah. wave kind of flip thing, and mine wasn't like that. And <clears throat> the only hairstyle I could ever kind of keep you know, right, would be like a really short, like a, like a jarhead, you know, Marines flat top. That was it. Yeah. But, um, so I, my hair, I'd kind of like have it maybe as long as yours and it would just go all over the place. And for some reason, my friends thought my hair looked like Howard the Ducks from that old terrible TV show or that movie, Howard the Duck. Yeah, yeah. So my nickname was Howard the Duck. And again, not cool so they're you know bad ones. They're, no they're, they're all... terrible but howard the duck there was no way to spin that one positive you know what i mean like nah. bull at least it's like oh that sounds cool you know he's a bull you know yeah and stone cold you know it's like ah that, that's cool you know at least the guy's famous and and you know i've literally had someone take their photo with me before that was fun but howard the <laughs> duck crushed it crushed my my self-esteem when I was in middle school and it's probably why I had all these self-limiting beliefs that I had to get over in the business, in my business here in the last few years as a late thirties and early 40 something dude. So, so thanks for bringing all that up, Josh. Yeah, um, I, listen, most people who talk about this stuff have to charge you like 150 an hour. So we're just getting it all out for free. So that's good. <laughs> just, that's good. You did me a favor. Well, in fairness, I think, I wrote you a big ass check like three days ago. So I, you're so far, you're a lot more expensive than these stinking shrinks. So <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. That's right. Uh, we'll keep, we'll keep, we'll, uh, tell me about your parents. We'll keep yeah, going on the, uh, yeah. you got to earn it all. <laughs> so yeah, for those of you that don't know, the reason I wrote him a big check, Josh is uh, he works for window cleaning resource 
And that's the company I've always used to buy my window cleaning supplies from. And that's just the truth. Uh, that's, no, that's not a plug, but I've always used those guys. And uh, Josh is just super easy to work with. And I had to buy, we're getting our, we got our third truck on the road. So I had to buy a new um, water fed pole system, new water fed pole system. Uh, so got that. It's not here. What the hell, Josh? It's not here yet, man. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, I'm only in charge of ordering. The, the, <clears throat> they get uh, packaged and shipped out for some, by somebody else. So. Isn't that the beauty of sales? You just promise the world you don't have to worry about delivering it, right? You just, <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> but, yeah. but on that note, so for those of you that don't know, because Josh has been on the show before, so a lot of you probably already know about him, but uh, today his... I don't know if this is your main gig per se, but kind of his main, at least public facing gig is he's a sales rep for window cleaning resource does that he built um, and sold a very successful service business. Uh, you currently live in North Carolina, right? Yeah. But your service business was, was it Wisconsin? The tundra of Wisconsin. Yeah. Up in Wisconsin. And, uh, I can't remember how long you had that one, but I remember you built it, did a really good job, sold that thing off. And I think you've even kind of like helped that guy a little bit with some consulting or something since since then. What else do you got going on these days, man? Man, well, so when I started doing uh, WCR, it was like the secondary. I started a company down in North Carolina and I was still consulting for Wisconsin. And it just was like too many hats to try to like, if you, you've been in like sales, sales, it's, it's, a lot of back and forth and you have to be just available all the time. So it got to be just too much. So I sold my newest company here in North Carolina, not anything worth writing home about and then uh, do just sales now. So that is what I do. I work more than I ever have now, but it's fun. It's relaxed and I have, you know, a lot of freedom to, uh, you know, help people. So. Cool. Yeah. I, I think one of the things uh, I love about your, your story is like, you mentioned, you know, making money when you're out on a boat, you know, you're out with your brother-in-law and your cell phone's still working and sales are coming in. And that's like, I love that. You know, I mean, I, that's the dream I have is I want to uh, build my business and my future endeavors to where, uh, you know, I want to, I used to look at that, we'll call it that laptop lifestyle as unobtainable. I used to think, ah, that's just a bunch of BS. And, you know, sure. There's a couple of guys that got lucky, but I'm like, you know what? Screw that. I'm going for that thing. You know, I'm going for it. And, uh, the, the, the only risk is like not going after your dreams. So I'm, I'm going for that laptop lifestyle. I want to spend a lot of time on the beach. I, you know, I want to be in Key West and I want to be down in South Florida and, and, uh, you know, having the fruity drinks, just kind of living the life. And, you know, I want my morning walk to like be on the beach. And then I want my, mm-hmm. uh, my afternoon stroll with the wife to be on the beach. It's just going to be out eating tacos <laughs> and all that stuff. So yeah, yeah. Uh, really, really, really trying to work towards that. And, and you've kind of done that. I mean, like, I know you're in the office a lot, you know, doing your thing with the recordings, but, but that's pretty cool stuff. So um, t- tell the listeners a little bit more about you. Um, I mean, I've covered a little bit, but you know, what, what kind of family yeah. thing do you got going on and what kind of goals and dreams you got coming up here in the uh, years to come? Yeah. Yeah. So I got two kids, uh, two daughters, and uh, my mother actually lives with us also. She moved down south. So I'm in a house full of women. It's just me and a boy dog. And uh, we, we hang out in the garage a lot to stay away from the uh, emotions in here. Uh, but no, it's really kind of awesome to work from home in the same sense that when my kids get off the bus, I'm the first one that greets them all the time. When it's not uh, cold out, I'm out there sitting on the porch waiting for them, you know. Um, 
stuff like that in business, as much as you want to work hard is you always have time to make money. You don't have time to spend with my kids, the exact age they are right now. So Mm -hmm. I try to do a lot. I try to, you know, be very, very active, which is, which is really nice. You know, you don't always have that opportunity. Yeah. Well, that is cool. And one thing you just mentioned though, I'm like, what, what is that? I didn't, you said something and I'm, I'm really confused. You said that you like to like be at the bus stop with the kids when it's not cold. And I'm like, what's this cold thing you're talking about? So cold is like, you know, when you go to get a a beer, you know, you open the fridge and it kind of touches on you. That's cold. Cold is like, okay. That's the only time I experienced that here in Florida. It's tough. It's tough. But Bobby, I got to go. I'm sorry. Something came (laughs) up. No, but But, you know, for, for Wisconsin to here, it never gets cold, but I've been here now for like four years. So my blood's starting to thin and I, yeah, I feel it gets rough. We had, we've had to turn our heater on about eight times this year and that pisses me off. You know, I'm like, this is ridiculous. I don't even know why I should have to own a heater, but you're supposed to, you're supposed to be recouping the money from your air conditioning bill in the winter. Exactly. You're not supposed to be spending it on something else. Yeah, exactly. So I, and then, well, as we're not talking about business, I went to Minnesota for, um, I think, do you know Dan Plata? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I went to Minnesota with him in January on an ice fishing trip. He literally waited until I had had a few beers one night to convince me to go and actually got me to get my phone out and buy my airplane ticket because he knew if I, if it wasn't when we were out, you researched. (laughs) yeah, I was not going to go to Minnesota in in the middle of January when I live in Orlando, but uh, I get there and we go up North to go ice fishing. It was negative 22 degrees up there. Mm -hmm literally when you breathe in through your nose, your nose hairs would freeze. It was just terrible. It was the worst. The moisture on your eyes freezes on your, you have to keep blinking because every time you blink, it melts it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, for anyone listening, uh, if you're listening to the recording, we've started uh, broadcasting these things live in the no bitch zone Facebook group. So uh, for anyone that would like to participate is uh, Joseph Henry Hardy. He joined the no bitch zone. That man ain't no bitch. And he says, uh, hey, what's up? He goes, I can see the bull look in you. He loved Night Court. Uh, Joe, you're getting kicked out of the no bitch zone now for that. <laughs> and then uh, Seamus, he says, uh, what's going on? Uh, not a lot, Seamus. We're just sitting here, two guys talking, just kind of doing our thing. So I hope you're doing good, my friend. But if you guys ever want to participate in the, the chat on one of these shows, you can go into the no bitch zone. Uh, we share it to a few other places, but the Nobody Show is the only place where I actually see the comments come through. So if you want to say something in the uh, on the show here, get it online, on live, get a question answered, go check it out there. It's good stuff. <clears throat> yeah. So Josh, you uh, are, are you living the dream right now? I mean, is this like what you're looking for? Do you have other big businesses you're wanting to start? Are you like a, uh, uh, you know, are you making all this money with cryptocurrency right now? Like what, what's going on in your life? Yeah, I'm selling uh, pork bellies. Uh, that's really gone up. Pork bellies. Uh, no, actually, um, uh, yeah, it's really, really nice not having employees anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I know we all strive to have that. And I've been big and I've been little and it's, there's a lot of like headaches and things that kind of, it's really nice to not have. So I'm totally, I'm totally okay with it going the way it is now. And uh, I, I do work for a great company. I know Chris and Alex forever and the fun thing about business is starting a business, right? It's like mm-hmm. beginning part. That's why I do podcasts. You do podcasts. It's help kind of people, right? Yeah. And I get to do that all the time now. So I get people who are like, hey, 
maybe I saw an episode of Nation and I've never started a company before. I'm going to be starting it in a month. Like, let's go over everything. So setting people up and, and watching their journey, like, you know, mm. it's just, it's super cool. It's, it's not like it something cool. else that I don't have to focus just on myself. Yeah, no, it, it is awesome. I, I was talking about this yesterday. I did a live podcast uh, last night with uh, uh, Jason Guyman. And we were talking about that because he's got a YouTube channel and it's like, you know, you don't do something like this. Now you might get burnt out on it, but like you don't start something like a podcast or a YouTube channel if you're not, if you don't enjoy talking and enjoy oh that, gosh. you know, that attention and everything. Um, so I definitely get that out of it, but man, li literally every day, um, it used to be like a couple of week and now it's literally every day and it's usually two or three or four a day. Um, I've got people that are messaging me saying, Hey man, um, this video you did, it, it clicked with me and, and inspired me to go ahead and start my business. Or I'll have people reach out to me and be like, Hey man, I've been doing my business for a while and I watched that video. And honestly, you, you kicked me in the ass and I'm going to stop being a bitch and I'm going to start doing this thing now, or, you know, just stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, how freaking awesome is that? And, and the reason that's so awesome to me is I've had people that were like that for me, you know, yeah. and to be able, um, to be able to help other people like that's awesome. And it's also really kind of like uh, humbling is a word I'm looking for. There's, but there's another thing. There's a thing called, um, what am I looking for? Um, uh, something sin imposter syndrome. You know, there's a thing called imposter syndrome where it's like, I'll have people and they're reaching out to me and saying, you know, Hey, you, you inspired me here, or I need you to help me here. Or, you know, I, I want to be like what you're doing over here. And I'm sitting here thinking, do you know, Why are you calling me? Yeah, <laughs> you know, If you knew how messy my, my business was or how messy, you know, I mean, my, when I say my life is messy, I don't mean there's nothing bad. Like I'm, I'm loving life, but it's like, um, I think what it is though, is when people, uh, when they see there's some success, I think what's happened there, cause I go back in my mind to like when I was living in broken arrow, Oklahoma, or even other places in my life, excuse me, let me mute this so I can cough. But I go back in my mind and I used to look at, you know, let's just say le some levels of success above me as um, mythical, unobtainable. You have to yeah. catch lightning in a jar to get there, you know, things like that. So whenever you, when I would see other people that have maybe done one of these things that I wanted to do, I did, I kind of viewed it as this really high achievement and what I've learned is there's just levels everywhere, you know? And mm -hmm. as I say this, I want to be real. I'm not suggesting I'm at a high level and actually, au contraire, you know, my point is every time you get to a new level, it's just the norm and you realize, yeah. Oh, this is just what normal people do. If you, you know, if you're a little strategic and if you have a little bit of gumption and, and hustle and stuff, this is just kind of like what people do. And then you realize it's like every time you go to a level, you, you get a little higher and you can actually see like 10 more levels you couldn't even see before. And you realize, yeah. Oh my God, there's so much more to do and so much more to achieve. And um, so I get it, you know, and, and I and don't stop guys. I love it when people reach out to me with that, but it's like, you always want to, uh, it always motivates me to want to like do a video or an episode talking about bad things I've done. So you don't think I'm <laughs> just trying, well, you and I have talked about the highlight reel. We talked about that on yeah. your show, you know, and, yeah. and, so I try to your Facebook page. It's always you on these awesome dates. And <clears throat> my wife always hits me in the arm and, you know, <laughs> Oh, my Facebook page. 
yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, right, we're we're on another date, date nine. My <laughs> well, wife is asleep on the couch. That's the advantage of uh, irresponsibly having children really, really young, you know. So now, <laughs> a lot of people my age have have young, you know, really young kids. And uh, actually, my youngest just walked in the back door here. I'm 41, and he will be 18 in less than a year. So that's that's wow. my youngest kid will be 18. So it's like I'm just booting those guys out, and we're doing date nights and and having nice. a good time. So something to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. If I would have had Facebook, you know. 15 years ago, you guys wouldn't have seen all the date nights. You would have seen the, oh my God, why'd I have all these kids? Yeah, yeah. The arguments, the no sleep at night and all that. For anyone that's not watching, I'm looking at my son when I say that. He knows I love him, just not very much. Uh, for those of you that hate me for that stuff my kids kind of love me too so it's cool we're good we're good so so anyway um josh the the season is starting um you you of anyone should know that i'm assuming like orders are starting to kind of like pour in you know wcr huh yeah it's crazy so because we're nationwide i we get to focus on the whole country so we'll do targeted stuff we're like okay florida is supposed to be super Florida, of course, supposed to be super nice for the next week. Let's send some stuff down there and kind of get that because you guys have a season of snowbirds where, Mm -hmm. you know, Wisconsin doesn't have that. They're still dead and quiet and they're just in the research phase. Yep. And it's just like the pollen charts, you know, how it kind of goes up over if you're, you know, in different areas. It's the same thing where all of a sudden Arizona is going to start, you know, go crack a lack and California kind of runs, you know, year wide, but you can see different places starting to kind of excel and, it gets exciting for us too because winter as much as it stinks for everybody it stinks for us in 50 states so you know it's it's the same thing you know <laughs> so generally speaking now i know you just mentioned there's all these variances but generally the season is like we're on its doorstep right like we're yeah. somewhere between so two he- and four weeks away from most people taking off yeah, here's, here's the crazy thing is I always talk in Wisconsin. So North Carolina, we have flowers and everything already, you know, daffodils and all that's all up. But in Wisconsin, we don't get houses starting uh, for us until April, if not May. Like that's when we actually start. Our busiest month's May of the year. And April, we've had snow in May in Wisconsin. So there's such a big difference between kind of the South and the North that I always even hate talking because we're getting excited. Like, mm-hmm. okay, it's coming guys. Spring's coming. And those guys are still like, no, it's not, <laughs> you know, we're still, you know, in the teens and well, it just kind of is. I think the lesson there is, and I've learned this the hard way that for me, there's two things I've really screwed up with on this and it's been employees and equipment or you know like vehicles which of course you got to have the equipment to put in them which those are kind of one and the same because if you're needing new employees obviously you're needing another vehicle or whatever but um i think the lesson is you've got to spend the money before you're kind of like before you need to spend the money Mm -hmm. because you need to be ready before that rush comes and this isn't a, a ploy to get you guys to spend money with josh but i mean like if you you're doing window cleaning you probably need to call the dude and and get some money spent so that way everything's here because what happened you got to strike while the fire's hot you know yeah and when um when that rush comes if you don't have the stuff that you need or if you don't have enough of it now all of a sudden in those busy 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 seasons you're losing opportunity to other companies mm-hmm. and you don't get to make that up you know, that customer yeah. doesn't exist again, maybe for another year, or maybe it's another quarter or whatever, you know, if it's window cleaning, but uh, you've got to be ready. 
And that's like last year, I had a really, really big goal and I didn't even get close to achieving it. And one of the reasons for that was I was too scared and timid to, um, to, to put into the marketing and the employees. I did the employee thing. I screwed up in going into the uh, busy season at the end of the year. And the marketing was like, you know, at the beginning of the year, I was like, oh, I didn't want to spin it because cash flow was tight. And, oh, yeah. you know, and, and I was scared, you know, I was scared yeah. and didn't do it. And, and as a result, I didn't get close to the goals. So I think the mm-hmm. lesson learned there is whether it's equipment, <clears throat> whether it's your, your strategies, you know, if you haven't done your market research yet to know what, you know, if you're a newer company or maybe you're, you're established, but you haven't done a good job making sure you know where you need to be targeting. If it's, um, you know, your market research, if it's your, um, you know, being prepared, like with your, how to handle the inbound calls or being prepared on, on running your sales appointments or bundling things and getting the high ticket prices, all of those things you got to be prepared for before the fire starts. Oh, yeah. 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 And it's so. it, the spring for us is a light switch. It's not a gradual, like, Oh, it's starting to get busy. It's either you go from like two calls a day to 50 calls. And if you're not ready mm-hmm. for that, you, you kind of miss the boat, you know, yeah. and that's, it's, it happens every year and then people panic and I totally understand, but it's, it takes, it's tough. So when, when you were in your business, now one thing that, you know, being down here in Florida, we do have, we have kind of two busy seasons. You know, we do get a little busier in the spring, but it's not a huge influx like what the rest of the country gets, yeah. you know, cause, uh, cause we're, we're doing stuff in January. We're doing stuff in March or in February. So March, April, May. Yeah, it's good, but it's not like, Oh my God, it's crazy. Now when we get over to October, November, um, we feel that, but again, we're still busy. You know, we're fairly consistent throughout the year. Um, one thing that's always got me and maybe you can add some value for the listeners here. I would be really, I I would not enjoy the challenge of being seasonal, like extremely seasonal, especially for like a state like Wisconsin or, you know, these yeah. people up in the Northeast or, you know, all of these kinds of things. Um, how did you overcome those things with your um, employees? I mean, I guess that's the big one. Like, how did you overcome yeah. that with employees and how did you overcome that with your spending, you know, going into the season with enough money, uh, things like that? Yeah. So the big like takeaway from running a seasonal business is you don't advertise when it's slow. Like Mm -hmm. that is the number one rule. You don't advertise when it's slow. It's slow because it's not anybody's brain. You advertise when it's busy because now Mm -hmm. it's in everybody's brain. It's like gum in a checkout aisle. Nobody goes to the grocery store to buy gum as they see it. It's like, oh, it's in my brain. I'm going to have it. So it's the same thing where, and this takes years, unfortunately, planning for your winter because you don't know what mother nature is going to do. You don't know if it's a hard winter or a soft winter. You don't know if spring's coming early or late. It kind of is tough, but we did snow removal. That helped keep people on, and we did seasonal unemployment. We gave the options. We had our big meeting, and people kind of got to talk about it. We already knew who, you know, some people want unemployment. Some people want to just work. They just can't Mm -hmm. sit still. So they had the option, um, but unfortunately, that's just kind of the nature of the beast. I mean, we did not do houses. I mean, we did sporadic ones, don't get me wrong, but, like, on a schedule to keep people, we didn't do them in the whole month of December. January, February, and then started trickling back in March. So March was when we started doing our big commercial to get it out of the way before spring hit. Mm -hmm. So we would have people off December, January, February, March, like, you know, those months they had to be off because there just wasn't enough work and you have to keep employees happy 
and it's cheaper to have them come back than not come back. So, you know, you really just had to keep contact with them and make sure that they weren't, you know, flighty and going off somewhere else. And basically you made it all their decision to be on layoff. And then they felt like they had a choice. If you just say, Hey, guess what? We got no work for you going on layoff. Then now they're pissed at you. And now they're going to go find a job at some factory. So it's just about keeping people happy. Really. Now, did you, how long did you run your business up there in the North? About 15 years, a little over 15 15 years. So do you feel that you overcome that? Did you feel like you conquered that problem for the generally Uh, speaking? Yeah. I mean, I think, and this is the, I guess, cockiest thing you'll hear me say, but I feel like I made an environment that I'd want to work in and it just translated really well. We had people, I mean, we had at one point two people in at six years each and uh, the next batch of one, two, three people were in at two years and then there was the new people. So, I mean, we had guys that really stuck around too. So, um, you know, I feel like that was because we did stuff right. Like we tried to not feel like work, but you had to get hurt first before you really realize, because again, 15 years ago, there wasn't really the forums and stuff. There wasn't mm-hmm. the, the, the podcasts and things where you could learn from it. So people would say, Hey, you got to plan for winter. And of course you don't right? Yeah. You don't do as good a job as you're supposed to. You don't mean you don't have to, you mean you don't do it. <laughs> yes, yes, you have yeah. to, but no, you don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you find out when you have your first really big, I had my first, uh, went to my accountant, you know, things were fine forever. And she, man, you did really good last year. I think we tripled in a year or something. And, and uh, this were early on. So we're not talking about, you know, terribly high figures did really well. I said, yeah, it's awesome. You know, she always waited till the end to do my taxes too. It was like my dad's friend was my accountant and she goes, great. Well, you owe this. And she threw out this number and it was like higher than I've ever written a check for anything ever. I could have bought in a really, really nice car yeah. brand new off the lot for it. And she had, Oh, you got three days to pay that. Okay. So now it's April. Remember we don't have work going like we're supposed to, we're waiting on big checks and everything else. And that's one of those times where, you get that kind of like small business PTSD where you're like, I messed myself up so hard that, that, that time that every year from there on out, my lesson was like singed into my soul. So it became easier more and more and more. And the new person has it easier now, but they still don't have it. Either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I'm like Ricky Bobby right now. I don't know what to do with my hands. I, I don't have a good segue for you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> one of the most common questions people ask is, how did you get your customers? So let me ask you this first one. Did that change for you? Did you get customers differently in the early days than you did maybe five years down the road or, or 10 years down the road? Yeah, I think that people, when they start business, they focus on price. Like anybody, they want to be mm-hmm. the cheapest. Like, oh, I'm going to... I get guys all the time are like, Hey, I'm thinking about doing a $60 whole home special. What do you think? I think that's an awful idea. Like not only are you leaving money on the table, those people are hired you because of your price, not because of anything else. They're not going to be around when you bring it back to normal. Right? Mm-hmm. So the initial customers, I remember doing jobs and getting done like, Oh man, I almost made $20 an hour on that job. You know, like yeah. in the early, early, and then you're like, why are people talking about 65? I, I can't, you know, like that at the time, 65 was kind of like that, that, threshold and then as you get into it and you realize it's not about price it's about who you are you know what are you selling as opposed to how much you're selling it for and, yeah. and then it changes who you're looking for how you're finding people you know I never wanted to like find and target people who had lots and lots of money because that's 
those they come with their own headaches. I want to find a comfortable family who is making enough that they have some money to spend on luxuries like getting their lawn cut, doing their mm-hmm. windows and pressure washing and all that. That's your that's your because you, those people are happy that you did it because they're like, I just paid somebody to clean my windows. When you go to a big mansion, they're like. I have to do this, you know, Consuela doesn't uh, do my windows every year or whatever, you know? So now all of a sudden you're in and you have to, you don't have to appeal to people. So it's, it's a different market as you kind of grow to, I mean, you got to find the same thing with you. Yeah. You, you, you have no, a different absolutely. clientele now than when you're in the beginning. Well, actually, actually you said something that makes me want to kind of divert because I was asking about how you got your customers and everyone's going to say, Bob, no, don't divert from that. But um, you were talking about pricing at the beginning and you even mentioned like the hourly rate. And I think that I think there's a few a couple things I'd really like to to talk about on that. The first one is uh, actually there's a quote from my planner. I'd have to pull it out and look at it, but it was a quote we've all heard. It was something like "Don't don't judge your beginning against someone else's middle or end," you know. Yeah, yeah. But also another thing you got to realize is there's a lot of people online that you know we were talking about that highlight real thing, and you know you you, you might see. 15 posts online today where guys are saying, Oh my God, I, I showed up and I did this job and I did $4,800 today, you know, just me and a helper. And I paid him 10 bucks an hour or someone else will be like, Oh my God, I I averaged $250 an hour or, you know, and you see these things, but what you don't realize is that it's 15 different people and it's the only job they posted about this year because they, they got a good one, you know? And And the fact is, and when I say nobody, there's always an exception, you know, there's always an exception, but no one's out there actually profiting, you know, 200 bucks an hour. No. Now, Bob, you don't understand. I've got a $4 million business and we're to come. I get it. There's, there's some, but I'm not talking about you. Okay. I'm just, what I'm saying is, you know, especially if we're doing residential work and stuff like that, um, you can generate over 200 bucks an hour. But, uh, you know, the people that are typically doing that consistently, they're not profiting that, you know, that, like that's the, the revenue oh, yeah. they generate. But it's so easy for us to get discouraged and down on ourselves because you see these other people that post these things. And what happens if you're anything like me is you see it and you think, oh, my God, everyone's doing this. What's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. So the first thing I would like to say, especially if, if you're someone that sees those posts and you kind of think what's wrong with you, there's nothing wrong with you. You're just not the person that's posting the one big win that, that you had, you know, to do that. And, um, and then of course that perpetuates it when someone else gets something, they want to do the same thing and, and kind of one up the last guy. The second thing that I kind of want to mention is if you're a new guy, don't, don't shortchange yourself by thinking, well, heck I did $25 an hour on this job. That's $10 more than I was making at my old job. This is great. Well, it's kind of great. You know, it's great today, but you really didn't make 25 bucks an hour. The thing is you, you haven't been in business long enough to start to absorb the, uh, the, the expenses. And, and some of these, these costs are coming. It's just like maintenance. It's coming. You just haven't felt, you haven't been in business long enough for the things to break down. But that, but that, that accrual of, of maintenance cost is there. You just haven't had the actual cash problem with it. So mm-hmm. just like Josh said, um, probably, uh, I don't want to say it's one of the most important. It's tie, It's way up there, right? One, one of the things I'm so glad that we did early on is I listened to people like you. I listened to these guys that had the businesses 
and I charged the high prices. And actually, I actually lowered my prices. I had to come down. I charge less today than I did in my first month of business on window cleaning oh, wow. because I was like, well, heck, I, I listened to him. I'm, like, I'm going to go high because it's way easier to come down than it is to go down. And then, you know, even if yeah. it's a new customer, you are still fighting that struggle, you know, that emotional struggle will get to the price up. So, so I did that and it was a really, really good thing for me. So I, I have lowered my prices a bit. Uh, but, but now when my business has grown and scaled, I don't have this problem. You know, Josh, what's the most valuable customer? The one who, uh, wants service flawlessly and they just don't to me it's the one with least headaches well yes but i guess what i mean a repeat customer right yeah oh so, yeah so, like when they you're looking have at the service done every yeah when you're looking you know, quarter at quarter or whatever a pnl on your pnl the most valuable customers are your repeat customers because you don't have that customer acquisition cost right mm -hmm. well if you start out charging these really low prices just to to get the job early on because well i'm making 25 bucks an hour that's better than i used to make that's great, but what you're doing is you're robbing yourself in the future. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. you're, you're not just saying, well, I'm going to take a little less on this job. What's happening is, you know, let's say you do that for a year or you do that for two years. Well, now if you want to run this business for years down the road, you rob yourself of two years worth of customers that are the most valuable type to come back because they're, they're cheap and they're not bad people. It's just, they don't want to pay a lot. And that's why they picked you to your point. So, Without rambling anymore, I, the point is this. Listen to what Josh was saying there. Don't fall into that common mistake of wanting to charge very, very little. And then I just want to add one little asterisk or caveat to that. If you got to pay the rent, you got to pay the rent. And I had some jobs that I sold cheap because I had to pay the stinking rent. You know, and I yeah. did do that. But I did that only when like rent was due tomorrow and I had to have the cash tomorrow and mm -hmm. I did what I did. But but I had my prices set. I had them high. So there's no shame in doing what you've got to do to take care of your family. So that you're not getting one of those high horse speeches from me and Josh here. I'm just saying, if you want to be healthy down the road, don't rob yourself today because you're also robbing yourself tomorrow. You're not just doing mm -hmm. something today. You're affecting yourself down the road. So, um, yeah, so something is better than nothing when it comes to money wise, especially mm -hmm. if you need it, but you have to decide if you're building a company you're building an empire or you're just building your beer money for the day. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with either way, but that's why the bucket bobs that walk around, sorry, uh, 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 the, bu the bucket steves. Yes. Okay. There we go. Um, they walk around <laughs> and they're always the cheap. I'll do it for five bucks. And he's like, Oh, how am I going to compete with that? Well, yeah. they're only worried about the money they're making now. That's yeah. all they're worried about. They're not worried about the empire. They're not making anything, you yeah. know? So that's kind of where you have to decide on what kind of company you want to be in. It's really, really hard, especially that first time you like, because I'm not my customer. You're not your customer. Mm -hmm. It seems too high for you. Of course it does because you're not your customer. Mm -hmm. It has to seem too high for the customer. Exactly. You know, say, say you're cutting somebody, I'll get my lawn cut for $20 a week. We'll say hypothetically. And he comes to me and he goes, Hey, you know, I brought you on when I was newer. Now that I'm getting some clients, I know that I'm supposed to be around $40 an hour. I need to charge 40. $40 an hour or $40 for your lawn is not a lot, but yeah. the premise of you going from 20 and I'm used to 20 now going to 40, I'm going to say no. Yeah, Even like, if I hire somebody else. My, yeah. You're doubling my price. Yeah, no, that, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, the, um, 
Well, let, let me let me just say this, Josh. I want to. I'm just going to go in here. I want to share something with the listeners that um, I'm very passionate about. I was telling you a little bit about it before, yeah. but you know, I get people reaching out not just every day saying, "Hey, you know, you inspired me for this," or "Thanks, you helped me there." And guys, if you want some help on business, I've got over 400 videos on my YouTube channel. Not all 400 of them are business tips. Some of it's just vlogs, you know, like just kind of watching my journey. But there's really good stuff in there that can help you be effective in business. But I get a lot of people that have been reaching out to me wanting to know like what we did. Because we grew from zero to $20,000 a month. And we did it in uh, eight months. Okay. We did it with a small marketing budget. We did it with flyers. And um, the, the reason we were able to have that traction is we did all the little things right. You know, uh, the big thing we did was the hustle. You know, we put the work into it. Um, I have a podcast that's about three or four episodes back called um, The Day My Business Changed for the Best or something something like that. And I tell the story about, you know, when I really took that turn on the hustle. But but um, people have been just reaching out, reaching out to me. So I've put something together called the New Entrepreneur's Toolkit. And what it is, it's what me and my son did to grow the business from zero. We didn't have a damn clue what we were doing to $20,000 a month. We did it in eight months. And um, what I've done, I sell the toolkit and I sell it unapologetically. It's, it's worth 10 times what I'm selling because if you do those things, you'll have success too and it'll help you build your business in your future. But, but there's, free, there's free stuff in there too. And um, the first thing that you really need to do if you're starting your business if you haven't done this already, and you probably haven't, most people haven't, is doing in-depth uh, market research analysis for where you're at. It'll help you do two things. It's going to help you determine the size you need to make your market to support your goal. And then two, it's going to show you exactly where your ideal customers are inside of your market. And that's free. And you can get that for free. It's the market research uh, uh, course that I have. If you just go to nobitchzone.com, just sign up on there. No strings attached. Put your name, your email in. Boom. It's going to send you an email in about 10 minutes. You can log in. You can uh, watch that thing. It's going to walk you right through it. And then you are going to have to put in some work. I'm going to show you how you're going to spend two or three hours or maybe even more putting that stuff together. And, um, and, and it's, it's invaluable. And like I can pull up right now on my computer a spreadsheet that I put together three years ago doing this exact same thing. And I identified my top 21 um, zip codes and I haven't exhausted that yet. I still make marketing decisions as far as where I'm going to market based on this market research that I did three years ago. So guys, it's hundred percent free and I'm going to have to just give myself a shout out here. Michael Robert uh, just commented in the no bitch zone. He said, Bobby, huge. Thank you again for your class on the market research. Um, Honey hole heavens is what it says. Honey hole heavens, and uh, and I don't know if Michael he may he may not even have bought the the actual course. He may have just done the free uh, market research, and that's that's worth it, guys. And then uh, Andre Bravo says preach it. So guys, go check it out. The course it's worth it. You know, go buy it. It's on. Uh, I'm doing a special launch. We launched it officially yesterday for two weeks. It's almost half price. Go to no bitch zone. Check it out. Um, but uh, but I also wanted to give a freebie there. So nobitchzone.com check it out it's awesome so oh, oh can, can i say, say one more thing yeah. uh, i'm sorry i there's not only is there uh uh instructional stuff in there on how we did it but i've also i've paid to have templates made for like clip flyers regular flyers door hangers uh uh, uh a sell sheet you know like a quote form to teach you how to do bundles and get high ticket prices all that stuff's in there too 
So actually the, 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 if you pay for the course, you actually get more value just from those downloads because it costs a hell of a lot of money to go get those designed. You get more value just from, from those, even if you never even watched a, a, a minute of the videos and the teaching, but the money is in the teaching. Like if you guys will go listen to that shit, I'm telling you, it's, it's not only what we did, but it's what we're still doing in our business to this day. Now we do other stuff on top of it, but it's what we still do to this day. There's no theoretical BS in there. Sorry. I just had to throw that part in there. No, ahead, no. Josh. I was just going to say something, not that people want to talk about this right now because of uh, the market as it sits right now, but I have stocks. A lot of people have stocks. What stocks are is you're taking your money and you're investing in somebody else's company. But if I have my own company, why am I not investing in myself? That's where training comes in. Like people always talk about the, oh, there's, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of different programming things that are out. But here's the thing. If you do programs, if you hustle, if you actually go and learn the stuff, you're investing in yourself. Yeah. Like people will buy new equipment and that's great because I sell equipment, but there's a lot more that you can get from being kind of all around investing in yourself from your knowledge, investing in yourself equipment wise, investing in yourself kind of, you know, website SEO, like building this thing stronger. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like a house on the ocean. You know, if it's on stilts, it will never be touched by the water, but those stilts have to be strong enough to hold the house up. If one of those stilts gets knocked over, the whole house is still going to stand. Yeah. And it's because of what it's being built on. Yeah. So that's not, so I'm going to make that a double lesson there. Lesson one, go buy the course because it's an investment in you. But two, <laughs> if you don't have the money, go get the free version. Go get the yeah. free market research stuff. Guys, it will help you. And when I started out, I did this market research and, um, we did thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of flyers to get to $20,000 a month. And every time we would do them, we'd pull that spreadsheet up that we, we built with that market research. And that's where we knew we would go. We'd pull up that zip code. We'd drive to that zip code and then we'd find the most expensive looking houses that, that we could find in that area. And that's where we'd start hitting them. So it's really, really good stuff. Um, Tell me this is, is somebody who loves clip flyers. Give me an elevator pitch on clip flyers. You know, oh, I'm going to give you an elevator pitch, but before I do, I do need to um, give um, a disclaimer is not the right word, but uh, full disclosure here. <clears throat> I, excuse me. I had more success from a pure uh, conversion rate with regular flyers than I have with clip flyers. Okay. Now I'm a huge clip flyer fan and I'm going to explain to you why, but um, like in, like in that course, I don't teach clip flyers per se. I clip, I teach like regular, you know, how to win with regular flyers. Now I'm using the same philosophy with, with the clip flyers, but, um, but my experience, I had a better return, uh, or I'm sorry, a better response rate on the, the regular flyers. But here's where the clip flyers come in handy is I can get like 10 times more out in a day with one person than, yeah. you know, with a clip flyer. For those of you that don't know what a clip flyer is, um, you just, well, actually I'll show the camera here, but you just take a flyer, you, you kind of like fold it over and don't crease it and you put a clip on it, you know, one of these metal clips on the end and then you can throw it like a Frisbee. So instead of just putting it at the doorstep, you throw it out onto the, um, my wife is frying bacon in there. Can you hear that? Oh, nice, nice. Okay. <laughs> but you throw it, it's really loud on my end. You, you, you throw them out so you can deliver them like a newspaper. So so that's what a clip flyer is. I kind of gave my little disclaimer, but the, uh, to sell you on it, 
here's the thing. Regular flyers are great when you're starting out, but they don't scale very well. Yeah. If you're growing your business, when you start growing, it's kind of hard to pay someone like an hourly rate and hand out flyers and still get like good returns. And it's hard to manage that and stuff like that. But if you have technicians, you can have your, you know, I don't do this, but you can have uh, fly clip flyers in your truck and your technicians can throw them on the way into a job and on the way out. But if you have territory managers or salespeople, your sales guys, while they're running around, like I've got my son who's out running sales appointments today. My other sales guy is part-time and he's at the fire department today. But while they're out running sales appointments, they're literally, literally distributing flyers. So it scales because it doesn't slow you down throughout your day. Yeah. So as you add more and more employees and more salespeople, those territory managers can start generating their own leads really easily just by throwing those things as they're out doing appointments. So it, yeah. that's what's great about clip flyers is it's cheaper than direct mail and it's scalable unlike traditional flyers. Yeah. How'd I do? That's good. That's good. You have more, you, there's two options. You either have more time than money or more money than time. Yeah. And that depends on if you do ADDM, if you got no time, but you got more money than you know what to do with, do it. Yeah. ADDM. If yep. you don't, which a lot of us aren't, you got time, handle the flyers. Yeah. Handle those clip flyers. And I got to do another shameless plug here. Andre Bravo. He says the market research is enough information for you to find those honey holes to raise the money for the full course. <laughs> it worked for me and I know it will nice. work for others on here. So that's awesome. Thank you, Andre. I appreciate that, bro. So, nice. uh, yeah. So that's that. So Josh, uh, here in a sec, actually, I want you to go ahead. No, I don't. I'm going to let you tell people how to get in touch with you here in a second. Now, the last time you were on the show, I know I asked you the duck question, but I can't remember your answer. So did you choose like a fool to fight the big horse-sized duck, or did you choose like a wise man to fight all the little mini duck-sized horses? I did. I went with the duck-sized horses. Oh, you I did? As, as a bigger fella, I figured I could take those on better. You know what? That Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's because we're two big dudes. We're like, I don't want to fight a big old flying dragon with feathers i'd just rather yeah. step on a bunch of little chihuahua looking horses yeah. right yeah okay i like this. and ha you you haven't changed your your view on this i have you know you kind of think of the legs the legs the legs are only this big i can outrun a, a horse that's got little duck-sized legs right but the exactly. big one it's gonna catch me and, well not only I, here, I think people don't get this and i was talking you know last night with jason on this on the show i'm like he's like well i'll, I'll be able to do this and grab his neck and i'm like how the hell are you going to grab his neck when he's flying 300 feet in the air and he dive bombs your ass? How are, yeah. how are you going to do that then? People think far too much of themselves thinking that they can kill a horse-sized duck. Um, and I, I'm going to just say it again. If I had to do it, I would kill all the little duck-sized horses. I would go make a peace offering to the horse-sized duck. I'd make a friend forever. He'd basically be go. like my pet. I'd ride him around, I'd fly him to Disney World, and if people messed with me, he'd take care of them. You know, I mean, how awesome would it be to have that horse-sized duck as an ally? What are, what are ducks known for? They're known for, like, pooping on everything. Now you have a horse-sized duck? Those are some big loafs that well, thing is just thrown out. That is true, yeah. That, that would not be nice. He probably would have to be, like, an outside duck. But, uh, <laughs> but, but you know, I'm going to ask the question different for all the listeners out there, and I want you guys comment comment on this and tell me your thoughts on it. Instead of saying, which one would you rather fight to the death? Let me say, Hey, you have, you have a guy that's trying to go attack your daughter or, 
you know, just some young, small person that you love. And you have to choose either a thousand horse-sized ducks to protect that person or one, one, a thousand duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck. Who would you pick as your daughter's protector? And we all know you'd pick that horse-sized duck, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, that's that. Josh, listen, uh, I, I appreciate you being on the show. I actually, uh, I wanted to do another show today and I kind of hit you up last minute and you were like, hell yeah, we'll do this. So, I've been um, waiting for weeks to be back on here. So, yeah. Well, actually, cool. that's true. I, oh, I did a lot of rescheduling here in the first part of the year. I uh, I was kind of off my game, so I'm sorry I did that to you. You weren't the only one I screwed over. If it makes you feel, I, I did my my threatening response wasn't as good as others, so that's no, why it I wasn't. Just got, yeah. <laughs> but um, the uh, Candace, we're talking about you being a terrible threatening person. Um, the uh, listen, guys, if you need window cleaning supplies, um, I just want to vouch uh, the customer service I've had uh, with both Josh as my rep. And then just WCR, like I actually haven't had a lot of problems with stuff, but I've had a problem here or there with the pole. I had a problem one time with a uh, filter and, you know, you reach out to them, boom, it's taken care of. And I don't, I don't get anything. If you go buy from Josh, I don't get anything for it. He's become a buddy of mine. Um, Check their stuff out. Their service is second to none. If you're running a business and it's important to make sure that the trains are running on time, so to speak. These are the guys you want to talk to. Josh, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, it's everybody's got an insurance guy and a, and a you know, why don't you have a supplies guy? Have a supplies guy. Exactly. That's me. Um, but yeah, no, truly, uh, my number is 862-312-2026. That's myself. So you can call me, text me. You can jump on Vokter. That's how Bobby gets me. You can go on Facebook. All those fun things. My email is jersey at windowcleaner.com. But yeah. That's what I want to do. Oh, and shameless plug for me. <clears throat> check out WCR Nation. Once yeah. you've listened to all of Bobby's, Bobby's content, come check out WCR Nation. We're having our 144th episode in two weeks. So we got some giveaways and stuff. So oh that should be pretty fun. Can yeah. I be the guest on the 200th? Oh, yes. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Because that'll be, you know, a, a, well, I guess it's going to be over a year from now. So It's right around the corner, but <laughs> yeah. They, they come fast when you do one every week. That's for sure. So I, I got one more question for you. Have yeah. you heard of this Thad Ekoff guy? No, no. Tell me, tell me about him. Well, he's, he's kind of a bully for one. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, have you ever heard of the phrase big timing? Yes. Yeah, I have. I have. Yeah. Big timing is when like, like, let's say if I were to walk up to you, Josh, and, uh, you know, like we had, well, it doesn't matter if we'd met or not, you know, like I walk up to you and there's a lot of people around. I'm like, Hey Josh, how you doing? And I go out to shake your hand and you just kind of like, you would either look at me and just turn away and start talking to other people, or maybe you yeah. would just ignore my existence altogether. That's what Thad does. Thad, I've heard now that you say that I've heard of this Thad guy. He's done that to others. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So he, he does this to me and mm-hmm. I like him a lot. I'm a big fan of his, but he apparently feels to be above me, but I, I, upper echelon upper echelon you know yeah but i know you've got a lot of reach i'm trying to get him on my show uh because okay. you know he puts on the huge convention i'm a big fan of the huge convention and i'm kind of wanting him to come on the show and uh i'm trying to talk him into like doing something uh special for my listeners which he keeps ignoring me when i do that i just want to put him on the spot but he keeps big timing yeah. me on all this stuff so uh but anyway happens. if you can help me out with your influence i would appreciate it um, I actually saw that I think he thumbs down the uh, the 
the the, the stream here. So yeah. again, he's probably not going to make it, but it is what it's it is. It's worth a but, shot. It's worth yeah, a shot. Yeah. All right. So guys, listen, check out Jersey. Uh, you can connect with him on Facebook, Josh Cronin, Mr. Jersey. It's funny if you type in Jersey, it'll tag him. So I guess you have I that know. in as a nickname or something on there. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, but check him out. He, he just gave you guys his phone number. He's super easy to work with. Uh, I tend to kind of become friends with vendors that I use that I really like just because I respect them and I respect you, bro. So thank you for being on the show. Everyone that's listening, remember, if you're not doing the things that you want to do, you better have a damn good reason for it. But if you're not pursuing those things, there's no good reason for it. Peace out.